Welcome to Monoreal Radio Dockside Chats number seven. I'm Sean. And I'm Jackie. And we are here on a beautiful Saturday night at Disney Springs at our favorite spot, Dockside Margaritas. I have to say, this is one of the most crowded nights that I think we have experienced here at not just Disney Springs, Disney property in general. Yeah, it was really jam-packed over the summer, but we started coming later at night just because it was so hot during the day, uh, and we would wait for the crowd at Dockside to thin out a little bit. Um, and I think I kind of got used to a little bit of a lull in September where crowds were lower, it was easier to get a reservation, uh, but now I think we're seeing an upswing as we get into the holidays. I think from, from now, from around Halloween to Christmas, it's just going to be crowded like we should just resign to that now yeah um and they had a couple of events here at disney springs tonight but like even something is going on at house of blues and we have no idea what so if you're listening and you're at house of blues on saturday the uh 15th yeah. of october let us know what you were doing there yes please and it, if you're a parent like let a, us know what you dropped your kids off for it looks like a prom but it's october so it's not prom it might be like a senior night or something? Maybe. I don't know. But it is jam-packed here. And I saw, actually, somebody just now on the AP group on Facebook said that they announced at Magic Kingdom that Main Street USA was at capacity for fireworks tonight. But I've never even heard that announcement before, nor have I ever heard anybody saying that that has been announced before. Yeah. But I think that's going to tie into the part of a bigger conversation that we're going to have tonight. Because we just, this is an action packed show. We have a lot to discuss. Weather wise, this is one of the nicest nights that we've had. I'm looking forward to, well, I'm actually looking forward. We can start coming back and recording these during the day now. We've just yeah. defaulted to nighttime because it's been too darn hot. Yeah, I mean, by midweek this week, our high is going to be 74 degrees and the low is going to be in the high 50s. So, I mean, yeah, it, we are getting to that point where you'll get your hot days, but you are getting to that point in the year where it is going to be more favorable weather. We can come in the afternoon instead of waiting until, you know, 10 o'clock at night to record a Dockside Chat. Not that there is any bad time to be at Dockside Margaritas, of course. Speaking of which, uh, we went back to the Monster Mash Margarita, which I think we had the last time we were here. I did. I definitely did. And I thought you got one for your second round. Well, it's good. This is their seasonal Halloween margarita, so we've already reported back on that one in the last episode, so you know that we enjoy it, obviously. We thought to get it a second time, in my case a third. Um, but let's talk about some of what we have been doing here as Disney locals, not just at, at Disney, but in Florida in general. Starting, though, with Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party while we are in the Halloween spirit of things. This is probably one of the things that we were looking forward to most about being locals. Um, not just not so scary, but the just October Halloween in general. Uh, if you've been with us for a while, or at least for two years, uh, we were supposed to do our first not so scary back in October of 2020. Uh, because normally our anniversary is November, that's when we plan our vacation. We was just never able to time it out. Uh, but we had a wedding here in October, so we planned the whole thing. We were going to do our first Horror Nights, first Not So Scary. Had the tickets purchased and everything. And you all know how that went. Uh, so this has been two years in the making, and I, I knew I wanted to go big. I wanted to go big with the costume, um, which... 
we'll discuss if we would dress up again because, well, I think it was what we decided to wear. Uh, I really wanted to come out swinging and, and do something fun. And for whatever reason, it popped in my head, I guess because Guardians opened up this year. The theme was Mary Poppins, y'all. So I went as your traditional standard Mary Poppins, and Sean went as Yondu. Um, we had so much fun with it. Your costume turned out great because you pieced it all together, but you scaled back so that you wouldn't be dying of heat stroke as we were walking through the park. Yeah, like the outfit itself, I mean, I had the blue face paint and I had the fin, but the, the outfit itself was more like a Disney bound than it was a costume because it was hot when the day started. Yes. It cooled off because we did have rain that passed through, so it was actually quite comfortable. But the whole idea that I would be walking around in that trench coat, no, not gonna happen. That was never gonna happen. No, but you looked great, and your your fin. Uh, he got the fin on Etsy, but uh, it was black, and he spray painted it a red. But because the black was sort of poking through, it came through as like the perfect maroon. Yeah. Um, and so it, I, it, I would think it was like a fairly easy costume to do if you are trying yeah. to cosplay. And the like the corners. They were the black was shining through, so it looked like dirty and gritty and greasy, like it should have. It was pretty spot on. Yeah, no, you did a really good job with it. And then for me, um, I did more of a bound as well because any Mary Poppins or I should say nanny costume online due to licensing, her actual outfits were all polyester, and I was like, no, it's the end of September. It's cooling down a little bit, but not enough. Not for polyester. So I did a bound, too. It was really easy to put together on Amazon. Um, and it was it was so much fun. Um, the interesting thing, though, was that, like, half the people recognized Mary Poppins, and then half went, oh, you're the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy. Forget even knowing the name. And maybe three people got the joke. Uh, but when they did, it was really funny. It was great when they got fun. it, but I just couldn't understand what was so damn confusing about <laughs> it. Like, there were just some people that did not get it at all. And I'm thinking, well, I mean, even if you're not the biggest Marvel fan, I feel like Guardians has this reach that everybody enjoys it. Right. And when you're at Not So Scary, like, at least, like, people have seen the memes on Mary Poppins, y'all. Like, I thought for certain... So, like everybody's going to recognize it and I could not be more wrong it was very much a surprise I wonder if it would have been more effective if you had done the nanny costume with the skirt and then painted your face blue with the fin and just done the whole thing Yandu as Mary Poppins I wasn't doing that <laughs> <laughs> um no, I would definitely dress up again. I just would not wear that because I still got very hot even though I was in the skirt. And my, it came with a bow tie, which was really fun, but it kept coming off. Like, it would fly off and it was uh, elastic, so it would, like, spring load from my neck every time I tried to fix it. Yeah, it became my job to make sure that the bow tie stayed on and that the bow tie was reapplied. Um... I, I will tell you that I will never wear face paint again. Um, <laughs> Brendan Wright had it right when he did his one and done when they went as Wanda and Vision and he was like, never again with the face paint. I should have heeded his warning, but like you said, you wanted to go big. Uh, we did. I'm glad we did it. We got some fun pictures. Never again, but it was fun. That was actually, well, I'm jumping ahead a little bit here. 
Uh, we didn't stay until park closed because we did have to get back for the dog, but we got a pretty amazing shot with like the smoke machines pumping in the beginning and there was nobody, nobody in front of the train station because nobody was leaving yet. Uh, so this really nice couple offered to take our picture. So there's nobody there. It totally looks like you're flying off with, with Mary's umbrella. So that was fun. It was fun. All right, let's talk about the experience for us because we had been warned ahead of time. You know, as you guys know, at the risk of repeating ourselves, we don't live terribly close to Disney. Like, we're locals in the, in the idea that we're there in a little more than an hour. We're here every week. But we're not in the backyard, right? So, you know, we, we do live out on the Space Coast. So for us to come out, it's a little bit more of a hike, which we do not mind. We made that choice consciously that we did want to be you know, within a driving distance, but we wanted to be that magical arm's length away, and we wanted beach access, and, and we found something that worked perfectly for us. The trade-off, though, is that we don't get quite as much time in the parks. Right. So you have to be, for us, we have to be very, very, very um, conscious of how we spend our time when you go to one of these after-hours events, because they're not cheap. Um, you know, it's, it's not like we, you know, we have the Pixie Dust Pass, where if we go for three hours and we leave, hey, it is what it is, we're just happy to be there. You're spending a lot more with these after-hours parties, so you want to make sure you're maximizing your time. So we heard all of these nightmare stories about you wait an hour to get in, the lines are horrific. So, that, you know, they start letting you into Magic Kingdom for these after-hour parties at 4 o'clock. We figured, let's let the crowd bleed through a little bit. Um, because we were also trying to time it. Um, I won't leave Walt home for more than eight hours. He can go a little bit more as far as having to be let out, but I just don't like to leave him for that long. So we were trying to time everything out so that we could, with driving, with parking, with getting into Magic Kingdom, we were on the clock for eight hours. Right, and we wanted to make sure that we did everything. We wanted to make sure that we did the trick-or-treat trails. We're not big character people anyway so like we didn't mind not really taking pictures with characters um we weren't really even that interested in getting on a ton of attractions because in the seven months we've been here that was our first time at magic kingdom that was kind of wild <laughs> our our focus was experience the party yeah do the trick-or-treat trails see the fireworks see the sanderson show see, see boo to you. you so we knew the time frame that we had so that we could basically do everything. So we did not arrive at the Magic Kingdom until almost 7 p.m., which is when the party officially starts, mind you. And for all of the people that said it was such a horror show to get in, I will, I'm gonna, for those who have driven and parked at Magic Kingdom and have to take the trams, and you know what a headache that could be sometimes, from the time we locked our car door to the time we scanned in at Magic Kingdom was 15 minutes. We hit everything right on the money. Like, literally parked the car, walked over to the tram, immediately got on the tram. Um, that was fine. Um, and then we got a monorail almost right away. Right away. Uh, so we really didn't have to wait long for anything. So I think in that respect, you know, if you are local, it's something to think about. Let all the crowds bleed through a little bit. Let everyone else get in at 4 o'clock and 
you know, come for the start of the party. Right. And by that point, 7 o'clock, everybody that, that's there is there for the party anyway. Anybody that had a park ticket that day for Magic Kingdom, they were already gone. So... The rain also thinned everybody out a little bit, too. It was a beautiful day the entire day. We rolled up. We got through the tram ride. We got on the monorail, and the skies just opened up. And it was not supposed to rain that day. No. But it was like 15 minutes, and it was over. And it, was it really over. wasn't that bad. And the beautiful thing about it was uh, it also cooled it down. Because yes. it had been fairly hot that day. But by the time that rain passed through and it cooled off, it was such a, it was such a comfortable night. A Sunday in September, late September, at the Magic Kingdom. In terms of the weather, you couldn't have asked for anything better. Um, so once we got in, I was just like overwhelmed that we were finally there. Um, I was so excited to see the jack-o'-lanterns, or I'm sorry, the scarecrows yeah. on Main Street. Um, and just taking all the decorations because we we've only ever seen it decorated for Christmas. So I was just kind of in awe. Um, I enjoyed seeing that so much. Um, I loved seeing everybody dressed up. Probably the best costume that we saw. It was such a brilliant group costume. Um, they did the Toy Story villains, but all of them. They did uh, a Gabby Gabby with Lotso in her backpack, the Prospector, and Sid. Yeah, they and were I, really I was good. like, it, "That is so brilliant." They were they really great. Good. They did. They looked awesome. Um, let's talk about the experience of being partaking. I should say, let's talk about partaking in the festivities that Boo has to offer because we've done very merry a couple of times. Obviously, other than the holidays being different, the biggest difference for me is that as opposed to getting the hot apple cider, the hot chocolate, the fresh-baked cookies, um, and the pretzels, the warm pretzels that you get at Very Merry, you're doing the trick-or-treat trails. Um, some of them I thought were really, really good. Some of them I thought were a little confusing. And, and the one that they start you with yeah. is Monsters, Inc., because you do go in past Tony's, and you kind of take, like, the backstage way in. They, so like, And they feed you in through Tomorrowland. So, actually, the first stop was on the terrace, like, where you do the uh, dessert party. Um, yes. So, that was fine. Like, it didn't bottleneck too much because they were moving you through pretty fast. What I was very surprised at was how much candy they're giving you. Like, I realized that Disney is sponsored, so they're getting all this candy for free, essentially. But they are giving you giant handfuls... And it's not, I was expecting, like, the tiny stuff that nobody wants. No, they're giving you, like, full-size candy. This is insane. We did get a couple of full-size candy bars. Yeah. Um, but after that, the one they filter you through is Monsters, Inc. Lap Floor. So we're thinking it's after hours. They close the attraction. Nobody's on the mic being interactive with the audience. And we were like, oh, that's kind of clever. They'll just feed you through. No. I'm thinking, like, Mike and Sully are in there. They're doing a character thing. No, the entire show is still running. It's just that you walk in front of the front row with your trick-or-treat bag, and they give you the candy as you exit the theater. I felt so bad for blocking people's views. Not to mention, Sean is blue, so you know that everybody is staring at him. I thought you were going to get called out by the cast members. Yeah. I thought for sure you were going to be that guy with the churro. 
that day. I couldn't get out of that room <laughs> fast enough. Um, but other than that, I found that most of them were a lot of fun. You're right. They were very generous with the candy. I mean, we both left with full trick-or-treat bags, and we ended up getting home and dumping them into... We have a large cookie jar. It's the Epcot. It's Spaceship Earth. The Spaceship Earth cookie jar. Um, we dumped all the candy in there, and the candy was, like, overflowing out of it. Like, it, we're going to have candy for months. Which no, is not we're bad not, to, like, we're go not like, recycling it. I didn't take my free candy, and that's not what I'm giving out this year. No, we're not giving it to the trick-or-treaters, which I think is what a lot of people do. Oh, for sure. But it's nice just to be like, ah, I need that little sugar hit. Grab a piece of candy as I'm walking out the door on the way to work. It's, it's nice to have. Because we never have stuff like that in the house. But with that being said, and of course you know that you're getting the trick-or-treat trails, and they're fun. So it's, it's not a surprise, and it's Halloween, you should be trick-or-treating. I do prefer the complimentary snacks at the Very Merry Party as opposed... Because just that, that hot chocolate and that nice cookie, they just hit differently. It's true. They do. But we did also get to try uh, some of the uh, party offerings that you paid for a la carte. Um... It was, what was that, the Gravedigger Shake? That yeah, was... we did the Gravedigger Shake at Sleepy Hollow, which um, I wasn't sure about the matcha. I'm not, like, a big matcha person, but everything else about it sounded really good. And I was like, oh, that's festive as hell. Let me get one. Yeah. It was really good. It was really good. We were warned that it was terrible, but it was excellent. And the and we also did the, um, the corn cake. The one that looked like an ear of corn. And I think Brennan and Catherine raved about it when yes. they went. That, it was... Ve- now, here's the thing. It wasn't as light as I thought it would be. Um, it was a very dense cake. It was almost like eating cornbread. But don't mistake it for being bad. That is one of the best desserts I've ever had on Disney property. Yeah, and I really thought with the candy corn on it, it was going to be sugar overload. It was very well balanced. And it was, like, very reasonably priced. I think they were, what, $5, $6 each? It really wasn't and that bad. And they were big. Like, I I wish that we would have split one. Yeah. But we, it was a long night. We needed that sugar bump because we were getting ready to partake in the rest of the festivities that night. So we went for one each. It was too much. So next year when we go back, we know if they do it, we can split one and get away with it. That's the only thing, though. It was kind of hard to get food because the lines were very long for almost everything. But we did get on a couple of attractions. We figured the lines were going to be a little bit crazy, and knowing that we were under a time crunch, we said, let's at least try and do Pirates and Haunted Mansion. Those were, like, the two big ones we wanted to get on. Haunted Mansion, we kind of figured the weight was never going to come down, so we never made it on, but... We did get, um, we started with Buzz Lightyear because that's always been our first ride to kick off every vacation that we've ever done. So we were like, this is our first time in Magic Kingdom as locals. We have to start with Buzz Lightyear. And it was a walk-on. It was a walk-on. Then we did People Mover. Oh, and I got Galactic Hero. Let's not overlook the fact that I was the Galactic Hero. Uh, Let's not overlook the fact the ride stalled. I was the Galactic Hero. Okay. I, I scored higher than I ever have because it stalled. But anyway... Did that, did the People Mover, um, did Pirates, which was something that I was really, really looking forward to because they have, for those that don't know, uh, they have actors in the ride. So they're standing on the bridge and they'll 
you know, interact with the boats as they pass by, much like Johnny Depp used to do, you know, when Disney didn't hate him. Um, so that was that was worth it in and of itself. That was so cool. I mean, I wanted to go on Haunted Mansion because we were at the Halloween party, but I knew that if we could only get on one, I wanted it to be Pirates of the Caribbean because they did something special for it. Haunted yeah. Mansion is great. Don't get me wrong. It's one of my favorite attractions. I'd ride it all day if you gave me the opportunity, but it doesn't change the fact that it's the same attraction that you can do any day of the week. That is the one time of the year that you're going to get live actors in the queue on the ride, so we made sure that we prioritized the that. The ones in the queue were so fantastic. Were I think they were better than they were on the ride. They were. I think you're right. The ones in the queue were better. Because you're getting more time. Well, that's it. It was about a half... No, it was about a 25-minute wait. Uh, once but I'm all saying, you know, the, if the the line is moving slow, they're getting more face time and they can see you more clearly. Yes. As opposed to like just floating by in the boat. A hundred percent. It was it was great. So that yeah, that was awesome. That that was like worth the price of admission. Um, and then we got our spots for Booty U. Um, highly recommend. I like. I know everybody wants their pictures with the castle in the background, and that's wonderful. I can't recommend enough getting yourself off of Main Street and going to either Frontierland or Sleepy Hot or uh, Liberty Liberty Square. Yeah. Um, especially with the headless horseman coming through. That with Li- with Liberty Square, it just makes so much sense. But the pictures that you get are just as good. Like you know the especially like with the grave diggers and all that stuff. Frontierland really just lent to all of that. So I was really happy with the spot that we got. Yeah, we got a spot. Right outside of Pecos Bill, and when that head, when the headless horseman came down the road in front of Splash Mountain, I the hair on the back of my yeah. neck stood. And as soon as that boo, uh. all they said was boo, and I and I could hear you, <laughs> I could hear you. We're not we're not going to hide it. I heard her go. <laughs> I was not. I wasn't gonna try and hide it. No, I. I had a feeling that I was going to be emotional, um, but no. It, it took one boo, and the waterworks started because I just got so overwhelmed that we were finally there, that we finally got to do a not so scary, that we were finally seeing this parade. All I have ever wanted to do was see the headless horseman and the grave diggers, and. Let me tell you, that song is a bop. It, it has is. been stuck in my head. How many days after we saw that parade, I would come out in the kitchen in the morning and start singing that song. I, I loved everything about it. Um, what really impressed me was that they managed to blend so many Disney songs in and out of the Boo to You music. Yeah. Like They made pirates work not just from the film, but also... The yo-ho of Pirate's Life for me sped up so that it matched the beat of Boo to You. I, I was absolutely blown away. Um, the Grave Diggers were everything that I wanted them to be. Uh, Oogie Boogie just put it over the top. I, I just love that parade so much. And <laughs> Mickey in his little costume, I can't. This is by far, in terms of entertainment... I think it's safe to say this is the best entertainment I've ever seen at Walt Disney World. Um, Boo to you was incredible. I love the how I love the Christmas parade when those wooden soldiers they, they'll 
there will be nothing like the first time. Tin soldiers. They're wooden soldiers. Didn't I do that the last time? Yeah, they're wooden soldiers. <laughs> March of the wooden soldiers. Yes, yes. There's nothing like seeing them for the first time. Yeah. And that is such a special parade because the holiday spirit, and they make it snow on Main Street, it's wonderful. But the Boo to You is the best parade I've ever Hands seen. Down. Hands it, it's down. not even close. It, it's not even close at all. Like, Festival of Fantasy, Maleficent's really cool, but like, no. This just blew everything out of the water. And this is why you do pay for these extra hours events, right? It, it's You are paying. There is less capacity than a regular park day. Um, although, not by much, I don't think. You know, we can argue as to whether or not... I think... When we wrap up our conversation about Not So Scary, I think it's going to be very natural for us to compare it to Very Merry. But I think it's also worth noting that you're comparing a Very Merry pre-pandemic when Bob Iger was the CEO versus a Not So Scary post-pandemic with Bob Chapek. And and you can we'll discuss whether or not we feel like the crowds are as low as they are on a regular Magic Kingdom day. But... For the entertainment alone, realistically, that is what you were paying for. Because I love Festival of Fantasy. Um, I loved... Oh, what was, I'm blanking on the name of the parade that was before Festival of Fantasy. Um, Celebrated Dream Come True. It was Celebrated Dream Come yes. True. Uh, both were great for parades. For some reason, I always default to remember the magic, but that was like the 25th anniversary, and that's what I remember from when I was a kid. Yeah, well, I remember Mickey Mania from when I was a kid. But but the, the, the point is, as great as those parades are, this is extra, yeah. right? So they're, you're paying a premium, but I will tell you that in this case, you get what you pay for. Um, because not only was that spectacular... But the fireworks show. Oh my god, I can't. Again, it's the best fireworks show I have ever seen at Walt Disney World. No shade thrown at Happily, no shade thrown at Wishes. It's the best fireworks show I've ever seen. Um, I don't know that I'm going to put it ahead of Wishes, but let me tell you, I forgot that Jack comes out. So... When I saw the silhouette, started crying again. That marionette is the most impressive thing I have ever seen Disney do. No, we have not been to Avengers Campus. Yes, I know Spider-Man is awesome. I don't think Spider-Man is going to impress me as much as this Jack Skellington marionette. It was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. Even though you can see, it, it takes three people to operate him, but... Instead of just doing a face character or even some kind of, um, I don't want to call it inflatable because that would be like really stupid and really cheesy, but the way that they make him larger than life and give him that, you know, that, that really spindly quality about him, they, they just nailed it so much. It was the most incredible thing I have ever seen. I was I was absolutely dying. And the storyline with ah. Mickey, Minnie, Donald, and Goofy are in the haunted house. 
they tied everything, and then the villains, they tied everything together so beautifully. Yeah. But it was it was a good mix of projection and fireworks. And I mean, these fireworks, you, you are fully, you are fully engulfed in fireworks. Like they are just they're big. They're big, and they are everywhere. It is a vast scope of fireworks. It is truly an incredible show. Um, and then, just when I think, like, it can't get any better, we've still got the Sanderson sisters. And this was something I had been waiting for for a really long time, too. Um, and, it, and it just delivered. Like, I just, I already thought, like, the night had peaked. And I was like, oh, my God, we still have the Sanderson sisters. Um, they looked incredible. They sounded incredible. I mean, I figured they were going to sing I Put a Spell on You, but I was not expecting Sarah to sing the song that lures the children. And that's what kind of kicks off the show, to, like, lure you to the stage. Um, and they I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil it. I was not expecting the villains that they chose to be incorporated throughout. What I loved across the board, in Boo to You and in all of these shows, more face characters they're not doing like those giant heads of the 90s like they're actually like Jafar doesn't have that giant foamy head anymore like yeah. they're giving him a face yeah um so cool looking it was outstanding and I'm not the biggest Hocus Pocus fan really we hadn't heard I loved this stage show it was incredible it was so much fun it made me wish that I really liked Hocus Pocus but We're going to get you there. But I liked it enough seeing the stage show. Um, also worth noting, we we saw the cadaver dance. Yes, 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 yes. I knew we were skipping something. Right after Boo to You. They were awesome. I mean, if you, we all love the dapper dance, but there was something seeing them as the cadaver dance, doing villain songs... Telling cemetery dad jokes. <laughs> that's, that's the perfect way to put it. They, cemetery it was dad just, joke. it's everything you wanted it to be. And they're so into it because while this is going on, they have the country bears walking around, just walking. Yeah. Like there's no cast members with them, like they are just going. And one of them was over my shoulder, and I had no idea. So one of one of the cadaver dance starts pointing at me, and I'm thinking, like, oh yeah, I'm Mary Poppins, I know. Or, or I'm the, and he's pointing at you with the blue face. And then I, I felt like a presence over my shoulder. This thing knocked 10 years off of my life. And I could I could tell they were laughing because he scared a grown woman dressed as Mary Poppins. It was very funny. It was great. It was such a great moment to have, too, with the, with the character, with, with the cast that was there. Like, it it's, again, at the risk of repeating myself, it's what makes these after-hours events worth their weight in gold. Now... With that being said, we waited for the cadaver dance because we knew they were going to come out, which meant that we didn't have quite as much time as we probably would have planned for to get a spot on Main Street for the fireworks and the Sandersons because we're used to how things are operating now with the crowds that we have at Magic Kingdom. I mean, I, I just said not, what, 15, 20 minutes ago that they had to announce that they were at capacity for fireworks on Main Street tonight. So... We're the whole time thinking, like, we're going to be at the back of Main Street. We're not going to get a good look. But we're just happy to be there at that point. Ten minutes before the fireworks start, we were able to walk onto Main Street and very easily get a spot. 
close to the castle with a view of everything. Yeah. Um, and I kind of forgot that because the last vacation we were on, people were lining up two hours prior to the fireworks. We saw a fight break. Think about that. Think about our last vacation versus this. I mean... We did a four and a half hour recap and it wasn't a pretty recap. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But... Um, I mean, I, I will say there is a significant difference. You can tell that they are selling more tickets per ticketed event. It's not the way it was when we did our first Very Merry, which was in 2017. Um, and there were a couple thousand people. You got on every ride that you wanted to go on. You were able to make it happen with everything that you wanted to do. Um, you can tell there's a significant difference and they are selling more tickets. However, it's still less capacity. And I think you and I kind of forgot about that because we did Booty You. Um, we wanted to find the Dan's and then we knew we had to get back to get a spot for, for the fireworks show. But without allowing as much time as we thought we would, we still got a decent spot. Yeah. Um, it for sure is selling more than it was these after hours events because our night was sold out um, we bought it a few months in advance and it was sold out but we um, we never ever waited an hour to get on anything at Very Merry I mean we would get on everything to the point where it seemed like the couple of times we went to Very Merry we would go to the Tortuga Tavern and we would sit for like 40 minutes because we had that much time to kill. You got to take a break, yeah. Yeah, we, we were with John Sicari. Mm -hmm. that one, we were hanging out with him that one time. We yeah. sat with him for almost... We must have sat with him for an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. We were with him and Michelle from Main mm -hmm. Street Mouse. We must have sat... It was at least an hour and 20 minutes we sat with them. But had already gotten on everything and had already made sure that like we had planned out okay we're going to see the parade we're going to this we're going to this we got the fireworks because we were able to get on attractions so quickly right that was never, not going to happen this time never never during those very merries did I ever see um, capacity like this or, or waits for attractions an hour an hour and 15 minutes to get on attraction. It's like, so this is basically like a regular park day. With, for some attractions, right. not all. That's the weird thing. Haunted Mansion, I was expecting a wait. I, it's Halloween, Haunted Mansion, hello. Like, I figured maybe a half hour on a ride that, you know, it's an Omnimover. There's the, it's designed so that it doesn't really ever build a wait. So I figured, all right, for a Halloween event, it's reasonable to wait 25 minutes to a half hour. No. This, this was no less than 40 minutes. That was the lowest we had ever seen it. Um, we just kind of, like I said, we resigned to the fact that we weren't going to get on a whole bunch of rides. But that's, again, where the entertainment is incredible. But part of what you are paying for with these ticketed events is so that you have the extra time to get on attractions. So that you can, you know, maybe if you're in the park all day and you couldn't get on something... Uh, during normal park hours, well, it's like, well, I paid for it. I'll get on later. You you really couldn't. Or otherwise, you'd miss something. And, I mean, they jam a bunch of performances in. They do the parade twice. 
They do the Sandersons twice. The fireworks. No, they I only think do the once. Sandersons they do three or four times. Is it that many? It's more than twice. Well, the point is, you can budget your time so that you don't have to miss the shows. Yeah. But once you do a show, it's just very difficult to try to try and time it with a ride. I think for us to, like we said at the top of this conversation, our priority was experiencing the party. It's easy for us to say because, and I, I will never say this without a smile on my face, we're Disney locals. Had we been on a vacation, yeah, um, my mindset may be a bit different. Um, because you've already spent so much to be there. Um, so, on the one hand, when people complain about crowds here, there is a part of me that just goes, get over it, you came to Disney World. And I think there's validity in that. But I also try to keep in the back of my mind that we're fortunate in that we can more or less come here when we have the desire to come. It's not like that for everybody. Um, and I'm not going to pretend that it is. You have those once-in-a-lifetime trips. So I can understand if you're a family of four and it's a once-in-a-lifetime trip and you now spent another 500 additional dollars to go to these parties and you miss half the party waiting online to meet Jack Skellington, I mean, it's buyer beware. But I can see where people are frustrated with that. And that's where... I don't disagree that people are upset that they are selling these events further than they had in the past. Right, because a couple of years ago, you could do that. Like, everybody got to wait to meet Jack Skellington. Everybody would leave with their picture. Now you have to make a sacrifice if that's what you want to do. The other thing that I was kind of surprised about, because all I've heard, other than that Chapek is a numbers guy, is that his background is merchandise. So I was very surprised to see the lack of not-so-scary merch with the date on it. Um, I could not find any skeleton dance stuff. Um, and that's what that, the souvenir you wanted. It was what I wanted. Um, it was... We saw it on the People Mover in Tomorrowland. It was It was when you came out of Buzz Lightyear, oddly enough. Uh, what is that, that... Uh, that, that Venus something or other, that, that shop on the corner? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I saw the t-shirt, but that was all that they had. Like, there was no no decor, there were no hoodies, um, not the full lineup. And I, I know the parks don't always get what Shop Disney has and vice versa, um, but I couldn't believe at this premiere event, there was nothing at the Emporium for the skeleton dance. And what they had for... Uh, Boo to You was not much more... I'm sorry, uh, what they had for Not So Scary was not much more than the regular Halloween merch. Yes, like, when we go to Very Merry, in the past at least, there was a ton of merchandise for Very Merry. There was a ton of dated merchandise. We have a lot of souvenirs that we've purchased at Very Merry. But it seemed like, in this respect, they had the they had the, the ghost hat, which you can get here at World of Disney. I, I know I can walk in. I can walk across the World of Disney 75 feet away right now and get that hat. Um, the spirit jersey. I know I can walk in there right now and go get that spirit jersey. Um, 
the boot to you stuff that they did have, unfortunately, it was a bit lackluster. And I, I listen, I ended up with a really nice Halloween spirit jersey. It was the one that I saw at World of Disney. But I waited for two reasons. Number one, because I wanted to see what merchandise they had exclusive to Not So Scary. And I knew that we were a week away from the additional 10% tacked on to the annual pass holder discount. So we were getting 30% instead of 20. I knew it would be worth it to wait. But to your point, I walked out of there with the same stuff that I could have come to World of Disney and bought without having to pay 130 plus tax to go to the event. So yeah, for sure, the, uh, the merchandise was quite was not quite what I expected it to be. Um, Especially when, you know, you've been to the other after-hours events. But with all of that being said, we waited online a little bit for food. We waited on a very small line for merchandise because we made sure to hit the Emporium on the way out. And that's the other thing. We didn't stay to the end of the party. Well, we couldn't because we had to leave for the dog. But um, there is a dog that I did get to see that I was super stoked about. So I was not leaving. If I didn't see him, I got Max's power line. He did a handstand right in front of the firehouse. I I practically collapsed. I was like, okay, we can go now. Um, would you go to Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party again? Yes. Absolutely. Um, don't let our don't don't let a, a little bit of negative feedback sway you. This was worth its money. Now, I'm glad we went when we did. Yes. Because the weekend that we went was the last weekend before the price went up again. Because, as Disney does, they price it differently. And the closer you get to Halloween, the more expensive it is. I don't know that I would have been satisfied spending $200 for this event if we had waited this long. (laughs) I, I mean, because I believe that's I believe it's one ninety nine a person once you get within like a week of Halloween. I could be wrong about that, but I remember. No, thinking I believe it's you're right. 200. I hesitate to say this because you never know who's listening, and I don't want them to raise the prices anymore. I I would have been just as happy if I spent two hundred dollars. Everything I was blown away. Like I know we're we're kind of. It sounds like it ended on a down note but that's not the case at all we're just trying to for the sake of giving an honest review of everything that we experienced um you know we just want to be completely transparent about it um but that by no means uh means that we had a bad time like it was incredible i would actually what i said to you when we were leaving was do you want to do this again instead of horror nights that's how much i loved it i was ready to turn around and go right back in you know i'll I'll tell you something we're going to Horror Nights tomorrow, so on our next Dockside chat, we'll report back on that. But as it stands right now, for us to go to Horror Nights tomorrow, it's about half the price. Mm-hmm. As we, well, it's it's about it's half the price of what it would cost today to go to Not So Scary. Um, so we'll have to report back to you on that because th- this will also determine whether or not we do. One horror night and one not so scary next year, or perhaps if we do two not so scary next year. Um, I especially don't want it to sound like we're complaining because my the the thing that I was most thankful for was that we were able to squeeze this in before Hurricane Ian hit the area. 
um, because we were about a week away at this point. And I know that there are families who did not get to experience Not So Scary because of the hurricane. Um, that's like the, the least of anyone's problems after yeah. seeing what it did to Southern Florida. And it is not lost on me for a second that that could have been us. Uh, because we were in the path. We just got insanely fortunate. Um, and, and that's not wasted for a second. I am just very thankful that we did. A after all of that, after having to wait two years from the pandemic, there wasn't like another thing that set us back from getting to experience it this year. And, and to experience it and have fun with it, right? Because there were people that are experiencing it now that I'm sure shotgun their trips just so that they had something to take their mind off of the devastation that has happened um, Southwest Florida. The, the fact that Disney is not offering a discount for hurricane relief to come here, uh, I mean, I know they have the Florida resident discount, but the fact that they're not doing more for people who were affected by the hurricane just to give them something to take their mind off of it, it's, it's JPEG is what it is. But we don't know. I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to know. Um, I just feel like they could be doing a lot more. It is what it is. Um, but with all of that being said, yeah, you know, uh, we were fortunate where our house came with hurricane shutters. Our county made sure that they did two days worth of uh, sandbags. If you were a county resident, you could get sandbags. Um, at the time, I looked to like the New York transplant that was being overcautious because... I ran out to Lowe's and bought more sandbags and made sure that I went to go get sandbags from the county and I threw the shutters up on the house. But you don't know, you know, and it's it's our home and, and you have to protect it. I felt like Kevin McAllister is my house. I have to protect it. You look like Kevin McAllister. No, but that's the thing. We've never had to do this before. We didn't know how long it was going to take to get those shutters up. Like, we just... We quick. took everything in from outside. It was quick. We knew we were going to have to take all the patio stuff down, so, like, that, not a big deal. And you got the shutters up very quick, and thank God we were only out of power for about 12 hours. We got insanely lucky. We had the generator ready, and I'm glad that we had done it because when, when this thing had first started looking like it was going to be a troublemaker... Yeah. We weren't really in a threat zone... But as we got closer and closer, we knew within four days yeah. that we were going to get hit with something. Yeah. Um, and they had assumed that it would be a tropical storm by the time it got to us. When it made the southern turn, and it didn't hit Sarasota, and it hit Fort Myers, it put us in the cone. Uh, by the time it did get to us, I, I'm not looking over how fortunate we are that it was a Category 1 you know, it was borderline Category 5 when it made landfall. But it was still Category 1 for us. Our neighborhood did flood. Thankfully, the house didn't. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we got incredibly lucky. But I was fortunate that we were able to get so much last minute because nobody thought that this thing was going to come until the day before. We knew that we'd get the tropical storm. But it wasn't until the day before that we knew the hurricane was coming, and the eye of the storm did pass through our town. No, and I totally get why. I know everybody's saying, you know, like, you're crazy. Why wouldn't you leave? Why wouldn't you get out of the path? And, like, yes, in the areas where that's bad, it does sound crazy. But when you're getting all of these news reports saying it's, it's not going to take the turn, it's not going to hit you, and you go to bed one night, 
and it's not coming near you and you wake up the next morning and everything has changed you don't always have a lot of time to prepare right and you know sometimes you feel that you have to stay in your home to protect your home because if you're not there and, and, and you start taking on water there's nothing that's going to stop it if you're there you may be able to do something to prevent it I get where people feel that way I hope we're never in the position where we have to make that decision. Um, will we be in that position where we have to make that decision? Inevitably, the answer is yes. You know? <laughs> the answer is going to be, uh, if we're evacuating, I'm taking the dog and we're driving away. So, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, we are going to have to be faced with that decision someday. It's inevitable. You yeah. don't have a 35-year mortgage on a house or a 30-year mortgage on a house living in Florida and go through 30 years of not, <laughs> you know, having to, yeah. you know face that reality but we lost the gate to the fence but we didn't lose anything else we're fortunate we don't you know we don't want to overlook that and there are a lot of people that lost a lot more than that so um, I, I hope for all of those people that lost things that are replaceable that you replace them as soon as you can and and you know we're I'm not going to be one of these thoughts and prayers people, not because I don't, not because you're not in them, but at this point it's, it's kind of played out. And I don't want to sound like I'm patronizing anybody. That's exactly it. The, the phrase has become very patronizing, but that doesn't mean that I've lost sight of how lucky we were that not everybody was in in that same situation. And, you know, it's it's really sad. Like, I know... You know, there's the big joke that because the Velocicoaster had a hole uh, smashed in the side of the building and the dinosaurs are escaping, you know, that's haha. But Orlando was supposed to take a lot of that hit too, and thankfully it didn't. But, you know, e- even uh, to the lesser extreme, so many people's vacations were ruined. Uh, our friend was here. We were supposed to meet up with, with her for dinner. Couldn't get to her. Um, couldn't get to her. And we, we tried to get her to come to us, but she was safe here at Disney. Yeah. Um, it was it was a thing. It, it was... A lot of people were affected in many different ways. Right. No, and that's, that's who I feel for, too, is the people that were here, you know, on that once-in-a-lifetime trip and didn't get to experience it full out. And that's also what I'm trying to keep in the back of my mind, where it's like, you know... Again, we're always going to give you the honest answer of what we experience, and we'll always try and tell you what's good value for your dollar. Um, but it's just a shame when you put it in the context of people work so hard to get here. They're experiencing the magic. They don't necessarily care what it costs. You're not even looking at the value at, at that point if your vacation gets, you know, cut short. Or if you got stuck here, there was another uh, yeah. our former coworker and her family got stuck here because they were supposed to leave uh, and they right. had to extend their trip. Yeah, that's right. I forgot that she was here. Um, worst places to be stranded, but I mean, but you're not planned for it. That's the thing, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That you know that ends up being a hit. That ends up being a big hit. No, but it affects everyone differently. We certainly haven't lost sight of it, but for us. A lot of firsts in a uh, firsts. <laughs> in a span of about two weeks. Yeah, and we were supposed to have our first DizCon. We were going to go to DizCon. We right. were supposed to be there that weekend, and we had our tickets, which is a fundraiser for Give Kids the World. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of like a um, like the House of Mouse Expo. 
Yeah. Uh, not quite as big as D23 or any of like the events that are Disney sponsored. Right. This is all um, through the charity. They got a lot of really good people. They had Pat Sajak. They had Tony Baxter lined up. I was all excited to meet these people. Yeah, a lot of good panels that were lined up. Um, and unfortunately, we, we kind of knew going in. Uh, I know that Disney was doing a phase reopening, so we figured the event would be okay. But the issue becomes, if you can't get vendors here, Yeah. Uh, you know, we kind of saw the writing on the wall that it was going to get canceled. But I have to say, hats off to... Um, Give Kids the World and their organization because they offer to issue refunds immediately, but you could also opt to uh, leave the price of your tickets as a donation to to the charity, um, and they were issuing refunds if you didn't opt to do that donation. They were they were issuing them in like two weeks. It was they they got them out pretty quick, um, and they're not canceling it altogether. They're going to reschedule it for February or March. So. We'll get to experience it at some point, but again, like, let that be the worst that happened. Yeah, well, we'll have House of Mouse will be in January, and then we'll have that one in February or March, so right. we'll get our, uh, we'll get our, our Disney Con fix will be, it'll be a nice little uh, winter extravaganza for us. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, I think it, it unfortunately put a damper, too, on some of the 40th anniversary festivities for Epcot yes. Center. Um but, but it seemed like uh, what was interesting about Epcot now we weren't there um, but what I thought was interesting about the 40th anniversary for Epcot was people were waiting 40 minutes to an hour to two hours to buy merchandise the merchandise never sold out by the end of the night you could just walk into the creation shop and everything that people waited hours upon hours on you could just walk in and buy now, on the one hand, that's great because it hurts the secondary market, so it gets these blood-sucking leeches out of the parks that are just there to buy it up and triple the price on eBay. But I think it also says a lot about how people feel about Disney merchandise. And I think the mania over popcorn buckets, the mania over having to be at World of Disney for a plastic Mickey pumpkin. The Starbucks mugs. I feel like people are just starting to become over it at this point. Let us hope. Because it's hope. ridiculous. There's no reason you should be getting in a fight, a fist fight, over a lounge fly. Which we saw. Yeah. Um, where have we not seen any fist fights? And this is going to surprise some people. Universal. We've not ah. seen fist fights at Universal. Um, and we have been a couple of times. We actually went for... Uh, my birthday weekend, um, because we still have the Pixie Dust Pass, right? So Disney is not selling annual passes other than the Pixie Dust Pass at this point. Uh, but I think that's going to change, and I'll I'll try to remember to bring this up later in the show because I did have a, a very nice conversation with a cast member on the phone the other day. So if I remember, I hope I remember to bring this up later. Oh yes, I will, uh, okay. I will try and remind you. Try to remind me because I, I think it's noteworthy. Yeah. Um, as to where things are trending for Disney. Um, no, and this was a learning experience for us. Yes. We'll put a pin in it. We'll put a pin in it. Uh, I'll, 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 we'll put a pin in it, and I'll say that I wish I would have known, like anything, like anything in this world, I wish I knew then what I know now. Yeah. And I think my stance on things would have been a lot softer. But uh, we have been 
able to utilize Universal because we have a pass that allows us to go on weekends when we're not at work. And all of our friends had the pass, so we, we were there with a group of about seven. Uh, you got on Velocicoaster for the first time. I set that one out. Um, so Chris Pratt has the two best attractions in Orlando. Velocicoaster. That's wild. Right? Velocicoaster is amazing. Like, I know... Not even Sigourney Weaver has that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But Velocicoaster is amazing. I, I can't stress enough how incredible... And I'm a coaster person. I can't stress enough how unreal that ride is. How smooth it is. How much fun it is. How unique and different it is. And posted wait time of 45 minutes. We were on and off the ride in... 35? I don't even think it was that much. I, I think it was like 25 to a half hour. It was it was pretty fast. Um, but it was a really nice day. It was cool because some of our friends that we've made in the past couple of years since starting this podcast that we've met through the podcast, uh, we got to spend your birthday with them, which was really nice. Um, and then we also invited out our friend Joe that we always talk about, who He's a former cast member. He's joined us on every vacation that we've come down. We always do a day with Joe. Uh, he's been my best friend since I'm 12 years old. So it was so wonderful to have, like, both worlds come together on that day. So that was that was really nice. Yeah, that's like one of those things where they say, don't don't introduce your high school friends to your college friends. We threw all that away. <laughs> and, and everybody got along great. But that's because our group is filled with people who are just so easy to get along with, yeah. right? Um, we had a lot of fun. We, we, we ate at a lovely establishment from uh, James Buffet. Wonderful Michelin time. star. Uh, we had Dufftoberfest. That was a really good brew. Got to ride the Hogwarts Express, which uh, today, unfortunately, has a... Uh, and I'm not a big Harry Potter fan, but it doesn't mean that I don't love Robbie Coltrane because... He was my ticket seller before he was your Hagrid, let me just say. <laughs> uh, and, and, and horse race fans and fans of the film Let It Ride know what I'm talking about. He was mine before he was yours. Um, so I think in retrospect, having ridden that attraction now, it has a different meaning than it did the other day. And that's very sad and unfortunate. But I, I'm glad you got to ride it while he was alive. It, and it wasn't like such a... A bummer, especially because when you're going, I did not know this. I have been on the Hogwarts Express before. Um, it makes sense, depending on which side you board, if you're going from Universal to Islands of Adventure, or if you're doing the reverse, you're either going to Hogwarts or you're coming back from. Hagrid sends you off from Hogwarts. It was a cool attraction, though. You're gonna have to get on his on his motorcycle. I don't know if I'm gonna do that, but I'm getting on it. I hear it's amazing. We'll try. Um, but that was birthday weekend. Then for Sean's actual birthday, which is Tuesday the 11th of October, uh, he wanted, I, I always take him to dinner, and he wanted to try Morimoto, and we were able to get a reservation, which in how many years of coming here, we were never able to snag it. Well, I think Morimoto's been here for about seven years now. You're right, we never were able to get it. Even when we had the six-month window when we were parked, when we were resort guests, we could never get it. But good God, it was worth the wait. It was not my birthday. I think I enjoyed it more than you did. Everybody has told me, anybody that has gone, has said, get the ribs, get the ribs. Get the ribs. Get the ribs. So we went, and, and I, like, in everybody's telling me, get the ribs. Now, 
I'm a barbecue guy. I have three grills and a vertical smoker. Like, I make ribs. So there's a, it's like, part of me was like, I've had ribs. I've had my like, ribs. Like, damn good ribs. Like, you're being very humble right now. No. Sean's ribs are the best. You know what? I'm not going to I make a, I make a damn good rib. Dr. I'm Pepper. Not even going to lie about it. I make a damn good rib. Yeah. Because um, I take my time. I take my time. And it's like, do we get the tempura popcorn shrimp? I love, I love fried shrimp. And it was like a shotgun decision because we saw plates of the ribs coming out. It's like, ugh. No, and I almost talked you out of it because I was going to get the lo mein and I was like, all right, I could do ribs and lo mein. They had a special that night, which was a pork skirt, skirt steak. steak. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I don't want to do ribs and then a skirt steak. Too much meat. That was out the window when this plate went by. So, these ribs are special. <laughs> they are the best ribs I've ever had in my life. It was a religious experience. It was. Like, I, I, I those ribs could maybe turn a vegetarian. I'm not... They should. Like, <laughs> yeah. good on you for your moral compass and all that nonsense, but sorry. You're a vegetarian because you've never had... <laughs> You've never had food like this. I'm not going to tell you how they make it. I'll let you just experience that for yourself. Because they're very different and they're very unique. And if I told you how they were made, I probably couldn't sell it very well. And it might turn you off from it because, you know, my reach has that much power. Um, <laughs> no, just, just get them. Just I, get them. I em. think it's worth noting because it's like, how many ribs do you have from how many barbecue places... What makes them different is that there is, like, a fried quality to them. That's all I will say because I don't want to... I don't want to give away... This is Disney magic that I don't want to give away. Um, but that is what sets them apart from just your... You know, it's not about the seasoning. It's not about the rub. It's not about the glaze. All of those things were on point. It is the preparation. And if that was all we ate that night, I would have gone home happy. It just kept getting better. The term that you all know from eating ribs is fall off the bone. These ribs melt off the bone. And yeah. until you eat them, you won't understand what that means. Order them, you won't be disappointed. I had the orange chicken for dinner because they sourced local Florida oranges. And I wanted I wanted something like that. Like, give me some local flavor, you know? Um... It was, it was outstanding. I mean, orange chicken, bok choy, brown rice. It was too much food to eat. Brought it home and had leftovers, but... And it was so good reheated. Yeah, it was. But you had that pork skirt steak. With a goji jung sauce. And it was not just one of the best things I've ever had on property. It was one of the best things I've ever had in life, period. Um... I wanted to go back immediately. I tried to get a reservation for tonight before this recording. Couldn't. Um, just so outstanding. And the other thing is, that restaurant is just so freaking cool looking. It's amazing. It is beautifully designed. The bar starts at the top of the... On the second floor. It comes down, swoops around, becomes the, the railing of the stairs... 
and then spits back out to the lounge and becomes the bar again. It is just so cool. And the quality of the food was outstanding. I mean, we... Staff was incredible I, across was the unreal. board. They were slammed that night, and yeah. they were so wonderful. Big, like, floor-to-ceiling windows looking into the kitchen. Aesthetically amazing. Quality-wise amazing. As we were eating it, we were starting to re-rank our list of Disney restaurants. Marimoto fell into both of our top fives. That's how good this restaurant is. I think what I said to you was that I was glad we had always missed it on vacation because it just would have been something to be that, that I was too busted up to be so far away from. Yeah, we will be going back. And I think you realized because... And I, and I thanked you then, and I'll thank you again for such a <laughs> lovely birthday meal. You picked up the tab for that one, and you looked at the bill. Yes. Um, not that I couldn't do math in my head. I had an idea about what we spent, but you put it in perspective as soon as you looked at the bill. Now, mind you, this was this was an appetizer, two entrees, and a couple of drinks. No, I just want to give this some context. I, I wasn't telling Sean what he ran up on the tab. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you better thank me for this. Oh, wasn't it at all? Um, you thanked me for the meal, and you were like, I, I hope this isn't, you know, over-the-top crazy. And the way that I gave you a ballpark idea, because I'm looking at it, and I was like, are you kidding me? Um, and immediately, oh, I don't know, what have I done? <laughs> no, no, not, not like that at all. We are going to get it. We're going to talk about some news and things that are happening this week. We are going to get into the price hikes. Um, but what I realized is that I think a lot of people are so turned off by a named chef because they think it's going to be so expensive. Is this the cheapest thing that you can get on property? No, it's not like going to Raglan Road and getting a burger, not dissing Raglan Road by any stretch. But, like, you know what you're in for. You know you're going to pay for it. Um, what I realized is it we, we came in under Ohana for... An appetizer that we split, two entrees, uh, and like two rounds of beers. We came in for under the price per head at Ohana with a Lapu Lapu. I think we came in under the price of the head at Ohana just on the meals for two people. Oh, I don't for even, sure. Before you even factored in the drinks. So the fact that the quality is as good as it is and that it's cheaper than going to Ohana... And, and we've this is now the second time I believe this is two dockside chats in a row mm-hmm. that we've talked about Ohana specifically because we went to Sebastian's we talked about that on the yes. last dockside and how as you do extend your palate out a little bit more and, and again if we were here on vacation I'd go to Ohana and I'd love it and I wouldn't be complaining about it but part of the benefit of being able to come as frequently as we do is that we're trying new things. We're trying different things. And we're making a conscious effort to do it. But the more that we do, the more that it's becoming obvious that as much as I love Ohana, and, and it's it's it, the atmosphere can't be beat and the food's outrageous, but the more that you do and the more that you see and the more that you can experience here, the more that you're finding that, unfortunately that experience has become overpriced. No, and I, I think that that's it. It's also becoming, for us, 
were a question of were we looking at this with vacation colored glasses on? Of course. And and you do because it's that that's also my point is that if you think if there's a restaurant that you really want to try and you're like, mm, "Gee, this seems really expensive." Like if it's a a nice seafood restaurant like the Boathouse or Paddlefish or a Morimoto or uh, one of the steakhouses at at any of the resorts which are amazing. Yeah, Allen Compass or Citrico's, right? Yes. If you think that that's out of your price range, I, I beg you to reconsider where you are spending your money because with Ohana, I understand that the character breakfast or the character dining anywhere, you are paying for the entertainment. It's sure. dinner and a show. It's going, whether it's a buffet or by the plate, it's going to cost more simply because you are also covering your entertainment, as it should. Because half of you, I know, are not leaving tips for, for character dining or the buffets, and you still should because they brought you a drink. But anyway, um, there's no characters for dinner at Ohana. Other Lilo than the Stitch, guy that plays the ukulele. Uh, yeah, and I'm not hating on him, but I'm saying you don't get Lilo and Stitch, you don't right. get Mickey... You get the fireworks show, and Disney knows that, and now that is what you're paying for. Basically, It shouldn't be like that. It's, you're basically paying for a dining package for a fireworks show at this point. It's like having a dessert party. So here would be my suggestion. Go to Tambu Lounge. They have all the good stuff from Ohana there. You can get a lapu-lapu. You can get the pot stickers. You can get the noodles. They have everything there. Then you take your lapu-lapu, and you go out to the beach, and you watch the fireworks. And then you book Morimoto on another night, and now you can afford it all. Yeah, it was it was just it was so special, and I'm looking forward to being able to go back again. I'm, I'm looking forward to trying the street food, the little quick serve option that they have. Some people say the ribs are on there. Some have said they're not exactly this. They're not prepared the same. We're gonna do a little research. Because Hopefully the next Dockside chat, we can report back on this. Even if they are not the same, if, if they're even half as good as what they were in that restaurant, I, I will be happy to fall on that sword and try them. Now, unfortunately, uh, the day did end on a sour note, uh, and that gets us into our first bit of news. It's a sour note because she was a treasure, and she was our Mrs. Potts. But you know what? You guarantee me 96, and I'll sign the contract right now. And and in fairly good health, I think, up was, until almost the end. She was five days away from her 97th birthday. We wow. were, of course, talking about Angela Lansbury. Um, Everybody, and, and I mean, I love Mrs. Potts. I'm not, I'm not, you know, hating on this by any means, but like... All the, that's all anyone can talk about. Nobody is talking about her legacy as far as bed knobs and broomsticks. Not my favorite, but I, you know, I respect what she did for it. But it's everybody's talking about Mrs. Potts and Murder She Wrote. I mean, those, those are, are her I, two biggest are roles. They are absolutely iconic. The Murder I mean, She Wrote had like two hundred and fifty episodes. It did. No, it, she's had an incredible career. But that's the, it's an incredible career, not an incredible two roles. Is my point. I want to do the Q thing. From Impractical Jokers, and I want to go and watch Murder She Wrote. <laughs> and I, I forgot to, about that. I've been wanting to do that before she passed away because my grand, everybody's grandmother used to watch Murder She Wrote. My didn't understanding you, is that's actually a very good show. Didn't she, Q lose a bet? I don't remember, but I know he was doing a rewatch of Murder She Wrote. Wow. And 
I'm kind of interested. I, I want to see. I actually did a crossover episode with Magnum PI. Gotta love you, little Tom Selleck, right? So, I'm, I'm, I may have to dip my toe into that eventually. I'll, I'll, I'll report back and let you know if, if all of a sudden I'm watching Murder She Wrote. Wait, yeah, that was, that was a bummer. And then a couple days later, it's Robbie Coltrane and. I, I don't want to think like this, but it always happens in don't, threes, don't right? Don't say it. Like, don't say it. The universe is coming for our childhood. I'm not. I'm not saying no. Don't say. I no. You just shush. Cause, no, there's a couple. There, there's a couple that I am nervous about. Just you shush. I am. We're I running am. out of them. We're running out of them. Just shush. Something that Disney's not running out of is uh, money, despite <laughs> what they're telling you. Um, let's talk about the. All right, here's the deal. Let's talk about some of the price hikes. Now. Yeah, because we've rambled on about the value for your dollar, and I have justified almost everything that we've done so far. It, this is this is making me a little angry. It, it, it does and it doesn't for me. And, and let me explain why. Take it from somebody that works in food service. And even down here in seven months has seen the food prices on our menu go up substantially because, well, it's, it's, it's a lot of things. When you're paying $3.50 to $4 a gallon per gas, it's not just your car, folks. Right. Where do you think that food came from? Right. Delivery truck? Well, that's not running on, uh, on, a, on a battery. Pixie dust. That's running on fuel. In my case, I work at a seafood restaurant. Where did that shrimp come from? Where'd the catfish come from? Where'd the lobsters come from? The ocean. What do you think? It was just somebody out there with a net offshore? No. A little sailboat? No. You have commercial fishermen out there putting expensive gas in their boats. Forget the fact that nobody wants to work anymore. Forget the fact that for better or for worse, you're seeing minimum wage skyrocket in certain states, and from a management position, from a common sense position, that's not always a good thing. Look at what McDonald's did. Right. Okay? $15 an hour minimum wage. Look at what McDonald's did. Touch screen computers to place your orders. Go to any grocery store. Go to any hardware store. No cashiers. You scan it yourself. There's always a way around it. There's right. always going to be a way around it. The price of material goods, and especially because of the supply chain shortages, because people don't want to work after this pandemic, everything has gotten slower. Everything's gotten more expensive. I mean, next week, we're supposed to be getting furniture delivered to our house that we were supposed to have in March because of a supply chain shortage. This is a trickle-down effect. Right. So, in some instances, I look at some of these price hikes and I go, this was inevitable and you can't be mad. Right. In other instances, it's like, Chapek knows what he's doing. And that's exactly it. Yeah. The people that are, are just crying for the sake of complaining and are not thinking about everything that goes behind the food that that they are consuming and how it is a ripple effect yeah you have to take that into consideration 
Um, however, there, there's two things. Um, the price of um, Genie Plus is going up. It's going to fluctuate depending on attendance. That has nothing to do with any supply chain, and it has to do with greed. And just you watch, magically, we're going to have, you know, high attendance every... It's Christmas. Basically, this is their way of making you pay more during Christmas. I think the only time it's ever going to be $15, realistically, is January. And I think the... After marathon 11, weekend. Yeah, yeah. 11 months out of the year, I think it's going to be $22. So, yes, that you should be mad about, because that was... A free service once upon a time. Fast passes were free. You should be mad. You should complain. You should make your voice heard. Keep taking the surveys. Keep keep speaking out about it because that's price gouging and we shouldn't have to just accept that. However, as far as the food, to your point, yes, there's a lot more that goes into it than just the food on the plate. However, I think that Disney is doubling down and not just raising the prices. Look at how many, how many menus magically got revamped this week. I can guarantee you they are changing ingredients based on what is more accessible, what is more cost-effective. I'm not saying that the quality of the food is going to go down, but I am saying, and this is something I want to keep an eye out for, is how many menus are changing uh, because the ingredients are just cheaper to buy. Yeah, I, I'm sure that that's a part of it. Um, and the other thing is, you can only raise the price of something so much you become forced into finding a new ingredient, finding a new side dish, because even at a place like Disney, there is a certain amount of money that people are willing to spend for a side of broccoli, for a side of rice. And if such, if something happens where all of a sudden it becomes very expensive to do that, limes, citrus is through the roof right now. Through the freaking roof. Well, you will see less citrus glaze and, and again, nothing... We have an orange in our margarita right now, not a lime. Right. Because limes are limes are wholesale. Not retail. Wholesaling at a dollar a piece. Yeah. They used to be about a... They used to be about 20 cents. Yeah. So, in some instances, nothing you can do about it. Jacking up Savi's workshop, 50 bucks. Oh. You know what? If... if, if Savi's at two forty nine. If it had been two twenty five and you went to two forty nine, I'd be like, all right, a little excessive, but can't get computer chips. That's a huge That's, jump. It's a massive. It's a twenty five percent jump. And it also kind of makes you question: is like, how long have you been waiting to do this? Was it that you were waiting until you know everybody got their make good on a pandemic vacation, and now it's just like, all right, if you're going to come and you're going to do this, now you're going to pay for it. Well. Yes, you should be happy but, that people are still choosing to come here. But there's another side of this. The public who come to Disney and yes. pay their money dictate the prices for everything. And until such time that they're not willing to spend money at Sabi's, until such time that they're not willing to buy Genie Plus, there's no incentive for the prices to go down. Right. The, the, the guests, and they don't want to admit this. I'm not making friends tonight, clearly. And that's okay. You, me, me, and you, but also you, you dictate all of this. Right. 
nobody wants to look in the mirror and admit that. But if you come here and you made the choice like we did in November of last year to spend twice as much as we have ever spent at Pop Century, we fed into the machine. But we were willing to do it because we wanted our trip. Right. If you hate Genie Plus and then you go out and buy it anyway, you feed into it. So that's the thing. Disney, there's no incentive for Disney to not raise the price, prices on anything because you are the market. You dictate the market. No, and if, if you don't believe Sean, look at it in the context of even something like Disney Plus. We'll take it back to movies, which is our more our wheelhouse. Um, as streaming has become more popular, um, you know, they always have the television, the Nielsen ratings. And when you see, you know, this show's number one and it's the highest rated on television right now. And that was always, you know, what pit network up against network. Um, now, because there's so much competition with these streaming services, they obviously have to figure out a way to track those metrics for their advertisers so that they know how much to charge when you're talking about advertising. Um, so they are monitoring, whether you like it or not, every single thing that you are watching, especially because Chapik is a numbers guy. Um, and eventually, you know, they've said they want the data to be one cohesive unit of what you are watching on Disney Plus is, is feeding right into the parks and it's going to dictate your experience in the parks. It's, you know, nothing is by coincidence anymore. But Hocus Pocus... The original was one of the most uh, highest rated, highest watch films um, on on Disney Plus ever. Like, not just during the Halloween season, just period, ever. So why do you think we got a second one? It, it's not because somebody went, hey, Bette Midler's getting old, let's get her while we have the chance. No, it's because we watched it. So the point is... That, that is how you use your voice, by what you are selecting to pay for, what you are selecting to watch. And, you know, it's something to keep in mind. Like, you know, if there is something you like, put it on. Put it on as background TV. Get the numbers up, you know. And then, you know, something something like a Goofy movie. There's no coincidence that we're seeing Max in the parks now. Because everybody knows that people our age grew up on that movie. We're watching it again. We love it. Well, and... We are now in the target demographic of we are bringing our money. This all comes back to the same conversation. Disney is a business. Yes. yes, they entertain. They do. And I think that they're a wonderful company. But they're not here for your charity. They're in the business of making money because they are a business. They're targeting us because we have the money now. Right. Our generation is starting to have children. Our generation can't wait to drag your screaming children down Main Street, your husband who doesn't want to be there, so that you can take a picture and pretend to be happy on Instagram. But that that all factors into it too. You're not this wrong. all factors into it. And if you've been to the Magic Kingdom lately, I'm not over exaggerating this. We take pictures. We love being here. But I see a lot of people that don't want to be here. But, but the aesthetic on Instagram and YOLO and FOMO and all this nonsense 
Disney knows that it's our generation that has the money to do it. You're bringing your kids here. That's why you're starting to see everything. Every store we go into now has retro stuff that we didn't see 10 years ago. Right. We were it's coming 10 years ago. why it all looks ago. like the 90s again. Yes. It's not because it's nostalgic. It's because they know we're going to buy it because I had that shirt when I was a kid. Correct. And that's why, for as upsetting as the price hikes are, in some instances, they're inevitable. In other instances, we feed the machine. Right. And can you make the case for Disney's pricing out the middle class? Yes, you certainly can. You certainly can. Um, but until such time that people start talking with their wallets in the opposite direction, this is just how it's going to be. So nobody complains when the New York Yankees or the Boston Red Sox or any other professional sports team fluctuates their ticket prices. I'm not talking about the secondary market. I'm talking about the team. Oh, yeah. When they're winning, they're more expensive. If the team's not doing so hot, they want you in those seats. Weekend games are more expensive. For sure. Division rivalries are more expensive. Playoffs, forget it. And they do far less promotions, far less giveaways, and the ones that they do, by and large, are crap anyway. They're not like they were when we were kids. So, you can't pretend that Disney's the only one that does it. This is across the board. You have to learn to speak with your wallets. That's that's the point. Um, Let's move on, though. Yes, because we still have a couple more uh, news items that we want to talk about, and then uh, we're going to pull the pin out of our learning experience from this week. Yes. Um, pass holders. Um, we talked about it the other day in our news for uh, the week when we had reviewed D3. Um, which dropped last week, you can go listen to it, um, that they had added passholder entrances back at the Magic Kingdom. Well, now they've also come back at Epcot, so you're starting to see that passholder entrances are starting to be rolled out at the parks again. Frankly, I like that. Um, and it's not just because I want to sit there and say, oh, I'm a passholder, kiss my butt. It's not that. It's There is something to be said for when you go as frequently as some of us do, and we don't even go that frequent because we can never go to the damn parks because we have this friggin' pixie dust pass, which we found enough dates over the course of a calendar year to justify the cost where it's coming in less than just going and buying a la carte every time. But we've come to Disney enough where you kind of know, okay, have your magic band out, have your phone out, get ready, you're going to scan your fingerprint, get this out, get this out. We're not sitting there behind the people with the stroller who have never been to Disney before. It's like we can, it can be a much expedited, it's an expedited process for us because we just know how to get in the door. That's what I'm most excited about seeing these pass holder entrances come back. Uh, of all the pass holder news, not what I wanted, but okay, sure. Uh, um, this was all, well, was it really a surprise though? We finally have a date for Fantasmic, which instead of doing it D23, they hastily gave us after they upped the prices. Yeah. well, That's, That was not a coincidence. Well, that's the funny thing, right? They announced these price hikes, but then the pass holder entrances are back. Fantastic. Like, here, back. here, here. Yeah, it's just here. Here, deflect, 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 deflect. Um, and then we get the C announcement, the Ryan Reynolds project. 
they're going to do the movie based on C. I feel like no one is talking about this. It was in the Hollywood Reporter. This is more legit news than, uh, like, two weeks ago they were talking about Seth Rogen doing some kind of figment movie. Which has not been picked up by anybody by credible, any legitimate by the way. source, no. Uh, I don't hate that idea. But, uh, no, this, this seems pretty legit. Um, I'm really excited to see what he can do with it. You know, I know everybody's like, really, Ryan Reynolds... Deadpool, but, you know, the guys got three, I believe they are pregnant with their fourth kid, you know, he's going to be thinking in those terms of, I want to make movies that my kids are going to enjoy, and he does have the Maximum Effort uh, production company, so I'm actually really excited that it's in his hands, I mean, I think, um, you know, and and I'm sure he'll partner with The Rock at some point. Because I would have liked to see what The Rock could do with it, but Jungle Cruise is going to tie in somewhere down the line. Um, so, so I'm I'm excited for this. I've been excited for it just conceptually, but now knowing who's going to be at the helm, I'm pretty stoked. I'm excited because these are just kind of movies that I grew up on, that I loved, like Indiana Jones oh, and yeah. The Mummy, and. Uh, Romancing the Stone and Jewel of the Nile, the Goonies, you know what I'm saying? Like, Even National Treasure, to yeah. a certain degree. So I'm just excited that we're getting more stories like this. And from, you know, from a Pleasure Island fan perspective, well, some of you call me a stan, I don't know what the hell that means, but as, from a Pleasure Island fan perspective, I miss the Adventurers Club. And C played a role in the Adventurers Club. So I'm excited to see what they do with that. I'm not sure that we're not going to see the return of the Adventurers Club. Yeah. Um, I would love, love, love nothing more if they put it on, like, Discovery Island or uh, where River Country used to be. They're putting a resort where River Country was. But you mm, could do... Well, you are could they? Do, uh, yeah, well, yeah, they are. They filed permits for it. They, they paid for broke ground. I believe they did. They tore River Country down. It's gone. I believe they've already started. But... Let's go see. But... You could do. I'm just gonna go. You know what though? Yeah, I am. You could do resort dining there. You could put the Adventurers Club there, much like how they have Pioneer Hall and the Hoop You Do review over at Fort Wilderness. That's what I'm saying. Make it a destination. Make us have to get on a boat to get there. It would be fun as hell. Yeah. But um, the point is, uh, I'm excited over the notion of this happening. I'm excited for these tie-ins. Um, and I'm excited to see a return to this form of filmmaking, although we already know the CGI is going to be unwatchably bad. Um, I'm still excited to see that we're going to get these stories again. It's fun. Um, I am so glad we didn't go to the D23 Expo. So, you know, no offense to those who did go. But for all of the announcements that came, like, a week after, two weeks after, I would have been like, what the hell? Seriously. What the hell, man? Seriously. Um, now, I want to wrap it up with this. Um, we had decided about a week ago that we were going to do a dining package for a candlelight procession. That came once they announced the hosts. And we, we saw Josh Gad, and I was like, I'm in. I don't care what I have to do, I'm in. It sold out. Speaking of talking with your dollars, that's yeah. what my dollars were saying. Pay for Josh Gad. But, so here's the funny thing, though. Those dining packages, in my opinion, wildly affordable. 
Well, they ranged from $40 to $100 with like $15 price increases for every tier of restaurant. Yes. What I appreciate is that they didn't just come out swinging and do all of the expensive restaurants in World Showcase. They, they made it so that you could pick different price points. Um, and what we were actually thinking of doing, we were considering doing a really nice dinner going to the steakhouse in Canada and getting that as our dining package. Uh, but then we probably would have forfeit very merry had we done that. And then we saw, th- this is where we're going with all of this, because it was very confusing what was listed on the app versus what was actually on sale versus when you could get it. Um, Regal Eagle was listed as a $40 package and we said if we do that we could do that and very merry and then everybody wins we get everything we want Um, so it said on my Disney experience that everything was going to be on sale October 6th you go October 6th and some of it is but you go to book it like a regular dining reservation so we were aiming for December 12th and every time it's ghosted out because I'm not within the 60 days. So the learning experience, I should have just called because by the time we actually did get somebody on the phone, by the time we thought to even call and say, hey, what's going on? Um, I tried to book it the day after your birthday on October 12th. It would have been 60 days out. I go into the app. It is still ghosted. So you called Disney that morning and you actually got some helpful advice finally. Yes. So, um, by the time I got a cast member on the phone, it was about 9.30 in the morning. Um, And I I mean, I didn't wait all that long. I think I waited 10 minutes. Um, Woman was wonderful. Wonderful cast member. Um, And unfortunately, the dining packages were sold out, which, you know, I I could have told you was going to happen. Regal Eagle, this is what was interesting... Because it's a quick serve and you can't make reservations there, even she had the inability to pull it up. It wasn't even showing up on her list because what they, what she assumes that they're doing, and I had read something similar to that online, but I don't trust the damn thing I read on the internet. They're going to do it on the day of as a first come first serve. Like you could walk up and get a dining package until they're sold out. Right. But said, you know, check back on the website every day, a couple of times, like you do for all of your dining packages, people will cancel. And there are times where we have a lot of demand for a speaker, you know, a narrator like Josh Gad. They may, not guaranteed, but they may open up more reservations, more restaurants. So as you do with the, with the uh, cast members sometimes on the phone, you, you kind of just start talking. And you lose track of time. But you talk. And um, the conversation of the annual passes had come up with her. Um, Because she had said, I noticed you're an annual pass holder. Thank you for being a pass holder. And I, you know, had said something like, oh, yeah, it's not the one I wanted, but it's the one that I got. And she was like, yeah, we're hearing that a lot lately. And, you know, I had said, you know, I, I, I just wish that we had some clarity on when these were coming back. And... What she had said to me was, well, what I can tell you, and she might not know anything from Adam, but she said, what I can tell you is that we're starting to see things come back now. And we think that things are going to come soon. 
And once we do make them available, you'll be able to upgrade your existing pass. Okay, that's great. And um, I said to her, you know, I just what sucks for us is we had just been down here on vacation a couple of months before we moved here, and we had talked about upgrading our seven-day park tickets to the Incredipass, and we opted not to do it because we said there's no way you wouldn't be selling passes when we moved down here three months later. Basically, she said that Disney stopped selling the passes, and this makes all the sense in the world, Disney stopped selling the annual passes here because of what happened with the magic keys in Disneyland. Hmm. People had bought their magic keys in Disneyland and were unable to get park reservations because they were filling up so far out. And then a class action lawsuit was brought upon Disneyland. Okay. As soon as that happened, that's magically when the annual passes were suspended here because they said that the reservation system was monitoring everything and because so many days were getting blacked out because of park reservations, they saw that it was getting to the point where people were not going to be able to obtain reservations. Right. They feared that what happened in Disneyland would happen here and that's why they stopped selling them. It makes all of the sense in the world. Yeah. And I wish that someone would have just said that from the start because it would have softened my stance on the annual passes this entire time. For sure. Because it just makes sense. Of course, how would you feel to spend $1,000 and not be able to make a park reservation? No, and this is where, to be fair, everybody is blaming Chapek for it, but this, this is... I hate to use the word because God knows we've heard it so many times in the past. This is unprecedented. Nobody nobody knew how the pandemic was going to affect anything. So you have people that are still doing, and that's why it's taken this long. I will recognize that you have people that are still doing their make-good vacations from 2020 and 2021. Um, this was probably the earliest that anything could be done about it because these hotels are at capacity, and I can vouch for that. Right. I mean, you see it from a vacation planning perspective. Right. But with all of that being said, we have our park reservations for the 12th. We know that we're going to be going that day. And if we can get a seat in the American Pavilion or the American Garden Theater, I think is what it's called, right? I should know this, but it's been a long day. Um, if we can get a seat there, that's great. But if not, they said they will have standing room available for candlelight. So... If worse comes to worse, we grab a beer, we grab a snack, grab a moonshine, and we'll just stand and have standing room seats. But I'm excited to see Candlelight. I mean, that's th this is the part of the bigger conversation that we're wrapping up right now. We're going to see Candlelight for the first time. We've experienced Not So Scary for the first time. We're experiencing Horror Nights tomorrow for the first time. This is what excites me about being in the backyard of these attractions. So yes. it's, I mean, I'm so excited to see it. And I, I know that you're excited to see it, especially because it's Josh Gad. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I figured we were going to go for either Neil Patrick Harris or John Stamos because 
They uh, Samos isn't doing it this He's year. He's not I don't doing think. it this year. But they usually do. So I figured we would pick one of them. And then I saw Josh Gad, and I was like, "Well, that never happens. Let's go." Yeah. Um, what I'm hoping, though, is that they don't just start selling dining packages to every single restaurant where they're going to fill this pavilion to a point where you can't get anywhere near it, you know? Well, apparently that's not what they're going to do. You know, I was told by this cast member that they won't sell out the pavilion with dining packages because they have to leave it available for park guests. Right. Because she said, you'll be surprised how many people are there that day and have no idea that this is happening. No idea at all. They don't plan for it. So they do try, and Disney Disney could. They could make it a ticketed event, you know. They could do it. Right. They choose not to. So for all of the people that sit there and stamp their feet, ourselves included, every time the prices go up or they nickel and dime on something... They at least recognize that they that they have to keep a good portion of that theater available for park guests who spent money on a park ticket that day. Right. Who might not know that that experience is there for them. Well, thank you all so much for joining us on this dockside chat. This the was the longest a long one, one to date. You know what though? But we had a lot to discuss. I said it was an action-packed uh, dockside. We, you know, it. We had a lot going on, and the crazy thing is, most of September we didn't come here. It's all been in like the last two and a half weeks that all of this has happened. Right. No. And if anyone has any specific questions about, you know, what we've experienced at uh, Not So Scary um, or anything like that, or or wants, you know, some tips on planning, you know, feel free to reach out to us, monorealradio at gmail.com. Yes. So, Jackie just gave you the email address. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and rate us on Verbal or your podcast platform of choice. Make sure to follow us on social media, Twitter, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Monoreal Radio. And for links to everything related to the show, it's going to be online at monorealradio.com. For Jackie, I am Sean. Have a magical week, everyone. 